All right, welcome back to episode some number of the Valley Podcast. I'm so excited today because I'm 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 getting to hang out with one of my oldest friends here in in Longview, Washington. Is that a clip about my age? A little bit. I don't know. You're one of my oldest friends. There are plenty of other people who are older, but I've known you longer than most people I've known at Valley because you were part of my life a little bit before I left. Okay. There's that, there that loose connection. That is a much wiser statement because yeah, I'm younger yeah. than you. So, so anyway, welcome to the official Valley Christian Fellowship podcast. We have still yet to name it. I think we're still going to just call it the Valley Christian Fellowship podcast. I don't know. It's a mouthful. I, I kind of liked that pastoral ramblings. I did too. But, but uh, uh, we'll we're, we're going for a professional I'm very professional, as you can tell. Anyway, my name is Andrew, if you've never, never listened before. And today, uh, joining me is our worship director. I am Stephen. Stephen. Klukas. There you go. Yeah, I didn't know if we go. were doing the whole secret names thing. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, you know. This isn't China, man. Well, we're, we're, you we're watch fine. Avengers, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what's on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Hey, so there are a lot of great things happening here at Valley. And just up top, what I want to share with you is that by the time you're listening to this, Valley United will have already happened. As a matter of fact, if you are listening to this on the Monday this episode comes out, Valley United will have happened the day before. Now, for me, I'm in the past. So I, Valley Forward hasn't, ha- or Valley United hasn't happened yet. So it's, it's it's this weird time travel thing that we it got, is this got cool going trend. on. Yep. And I'm predicting that we're going to have a, an amazing night. And I'm hoping that you will be there, that you'll be there as well. I'm, sorry, I'm talking to you, listener, not Steven, across from me. Although I will have been there. You will have been there. So anyway, um, great things are happening. Uh, I also want to give a huge shout out to those who came and helped out with the EB campus cleanup. That was a great thing. And I know some people are asking, we are doing campus cleanups uh, across the summer at every campus. Stephen, do you know why we're doing these campus cleanups? Well, there are a couple different reasons. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you take a guess, now, Argander, of why we're doing this? The Stephen reason is this is a stewardship exercise for me. Um, this, this is the reason why Stephen's invested in these things. And no, Stephen doesn't speak in third person all the time. Yeah, that's very weird, but they keep going. You're no, good. So, so for me, <laughs> what I like about this is that we get to really take care of the property and the people and the items that God has blessed us with and put our best foot forward for ministry and evangelism. Now, part of evangelism, whether we like it or not, is the physical appearance of our buildings. Um, as we've kind of discussed off, uh, off microphone, when somebody comes over to your house, you at least vacuum, you sweep, you, you wipe off the counters, you make sure that there isn't, you know, a, a bad smell coming out of the garbage can. So we are inviting people into our house every single week and we want to take care of this place. And sometimes when you've been in a place for a long period of time, you start not seeing the dust bunnies in the corners. And so we're, we're just kind of coming through and, you know, cleaning up. Yeah, actually, you nailed it on the head. That's that's been on my heart lately. Uh, lately, I've been thinking about as we get ready to to minister to Longview, as we see our city, our county, be redeemed in the name of Jesus. We invite them to come worship our Lord and Savior at all these campuses. But we kind of like the house I live in right now. Sometimes you, you just get kind of get used to the things that are on the floor, right. things that are just around. And it's not welcoming. It's not inviting. It's not something that you can be proud of when someone brand new walks in. 
And so we, we're just trying to take some fresh eyes a fresh look and fresh eyes at all of our campuses and just taking care of that stuff. And it's opportunity for us to come together and work together. Uh, actually, you and I had a good time on, on Saturday when we worked on that. We found some interesting things in the fridges. We most certainly at did. At the electric bean. We had some watermelon that had been in there for probably a year and a half. How'd that taste? It, delicious. <laughs> no, it smelled, it smelled so, so ripe. But shout out to Mike, Pastor Mike, because we... We may have known that was there, but he was the one that actually cleaned that out. He was the one that actually cleaned that out. Yeah, it it was, it it reeked in that room when he first took it out. So, hey, good job, Mike. Brothers and sisters of Valley, that is a pastor who can get his hands dirty with grimy, gross refrigerator junk. So give him a round of applause wherever you are. So, yeah. So, Stephen, I asked you to come on today because uh, I kind of want to talk about you. I want to talk about worship. I kind of want to talk about the theology and the philosophy behind worship. But uh, you seem pretty comfortable behind the microphone right now. Is this your first time being on a podcast? Um, yes and no. So uh, my first time being on a podcast that actually gets published, yes. Uh, but I'm still working on a side project in in the far off corners of my mind, which has been recorded but has not been published. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I, uh, when you were, you were talking about being on a podcast that's actually published, I, I thought you had been on a couple other ones, but I, I guess, I guess not, but you are, you're, you're the ones in the back corner of your mind. Those are the ones that we have been talking about on us side projects, right? Or is there something else? You're, I'm, you're I'm thinking about on? table space. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in the future listeners, there's going to be some sweet, 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 content coming your way some fantasy content coming from the mind of Klukas. oh boy from the mind of Klukas. from the ooh. i i i want to be your announcer can i be your, I've, your, I've already negotiated this with you yeah absolutely yeah, okay yeah. i just i want to say from the mind of Klukas comes an epic adventure <laughs> like, there we go no, i want to say things like that so oh that's cool man i'm excited to have you on uh so today i wonder why you i think there are a lot of people in our church that don't really know you um as well as I think they should, because you're, you're a fun guy to know. Uh, why, don't, why don't we start with just who you are, basically? What is your connection to, to Valley? Because you were actually, you were a part of Valley before you were ever a worship director. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're actually, you were here before I ever showed up. Yep. Yeah. Um, so my, my Valley history actually um, started when I was in high school. So let's say somewhere 2005, 2006, somewhere in that range. And um, so long ago, that's 2005 was almost what 14 years ago well, for us that's a long time I know. we're old man well, we're getting there all right i mean yeah i mean we, we're in a we're in our 30s now andrew now now some of our listeners are like ah those young rips but you know what for me that's old okay yeah so i'm two years into my 30s and it's uh it's super fun right anyway so um so anyway um my family moved to the uh well, to Longview in 03, I want to say. Okay. And so about 06-ish is when we started uh, attending Valley. That's right. You're originally from the good old state of California. Southern California. But South Carolina. Or, uh, South Carolina. South California. Where there's a lot California. of dust and there used to be a lot of cows. So it was literally just hot, smelly, and gross you're, everywhere. You're, you were so South California that it's it was almost Mexico, right? Um, About an hour north. Okay. Yeah. So you're used to the sun and the heat. Well, well I was then. You should be. Yeah, yeah. Back then. Okay. All right. So 2003, you moved up here. 
Yep. Moved up here, um, went to high school, which, you know, that's fun, right? Which high school? Mark Morris. That's right. Yeah. You and me, buddy. That's Monarchs. how I know you, buddy. That's right. Is that how we know each other? Well, kind of. Like, y- we, you were what, like a junior or a senior when I when graduated I came in? I in 2005. And I was 07. Okay. So, so we were around. Yeah. Okay. See, we say like, oh, I, we've known each other for so long. We don't even know how well we, we know each other. Honestly, like, I don't remember how I know you. I just know that when I came back and I moved back, I knew you. That's right. And we started hanging out again. It's true. I, beyond that, you know, I just, I don't know. Honestly, we could probably just make it up. Be like, yeah, we were in diapers together at some point. In high school, yeah. yeah in high school. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely Beautiful. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, my story. Yeah. So came to Valley high school. Um, at first I was just, um, learning music. I had just started playing the bass maybe a year or two prior, maybe not even that long. So I'd, I'd just been learning the bass guitar and my first ministry with Valley, actually my first experience with Valley whatsoever was painting the upstairs in the children's ministry area with my dad. We, uh, we, we painted that entire area at the PWC at the PWC. Oh yeah. That was my first experience with Valley. My second experience was probably the last time that was painted more than likely time. It is. It really is. You know, I know the contractor who did it. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you do. I do. Um, my second experience was vacation Bible school and I wasn't even really a regular attender of the church. But what, uh, what wound up happening was I was partnered up with Stephanie Burchett to teach fourth and fifth grade for VBS. And I tell you, we had such a good time, like with the kids and with the VBS, like even now, like there's some of the kids and workers that helped out with that. Remember like the igloo that Stephanie really, it was, it was all her work built. And we just, it was a great experience. And that VBS was actually what led to my family joining Valley as their, their main church. That's cool. So VBS, is, it's always been a huge outreach tool. Um, sounds like you were, were you already saved when? I was. Okay. Yeah. But VBS was a good connection because you guys were new to the community, mm-hmm. sort of, and then you guys got to be able to connect it through that. VBS is a huge deal. Absolutely. I, uh, I actually never attended a VBS as a kid. The first time I was a part of a VBS, I was 13 or 14, and I was just helping because I was part of a, a church that was doing it, and I had no idea what VBS was. Right. So all these kids nowadays are learning these songs and doing these dances. I have, they're experiencing something I wish I could experience. At age. Oh dude, VBS but, used to yeah. be my jam. Like uh, middle school is really like late elementary school and middle school. I was either attending VBS or more often than not helping with it. Okay. So like, um, do you remember the old adventures in Odyssey with Mr. Whitaker and Dylan? It was like a, a biblical comic no. theme. No, I, re- I remember Bible man. There was Bible Man. I remember Bible Man, the game Bible Man. Dude. It was a DOS game. You remember oh, DOS? Oh, dude, I remember. Yeah. Yes, I remember DOS. Look at us nerding out. Oh, yeah. Anyway, keep going. Oh, and keep all going. these people who know before computers. Come on now. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so I remember playing Dylan. For those that do remember Adventures in Odyssey, I, I played Dylan in a VBS that was all Adventures in Odyssey themed. So it was it was fun times. Okay. So let's uh, let's fast forward. Actually, fast so forward. let's fast forward to yeah. Uh, we're going back in time. Yeah, we gotta go. Fast forward now to uh, 2012. Um, you had been interning. I had kinda. been interning under Quincy Fallweiler, yeah. who was the associate pastor at the time, and he was in charge of all things worship. That's right. That's and a guy I was hired to replace. Right. Which I, he did so much here. They they actually split his job into two jobs. Right. 
And I was, I did one half of it and then uh, another hire was supposed to do the other half of it. Yep. So from what I understand, that man was a hard, hard worker. He's, he's, that was a lot. That was a big shoes. I have not been able to fill. You've been, but, you've been doing all right. Uh, we're a different church nowadays though. I think so between the two of us now, we can equal one Quincy. Maybe. Yeah. So Quincy, if you're listening, good job, man, dude, you built a foundation. All right. So you're, you were interning so in 2012. I was interning under Quincy, uh, for a year, year and a half, something like that. But, uh, shortly after, uh, that I was hired on with, uh, actually no, in, uh, 2010, I was hired on with TSA. And so I was splitting my time between the interning and with TSA. And eventually once I got full-time job and married, cause end of 2012 is when I, uh, when I got married to my wife, Jessica, awesome. Um, she is an awesome lady. She really and is. You guys, your, your first baby is on the way. Just six for, weeks away. Just throwing that out there. Six weeks away. Did my you life see is about to get crazy. the, uh, meme that I posted? I have not. Your, okay. So you're, your, your wife posted a picture of the nursery right. that you guys have finished. And underneath that, I, I, I posted a picture, a celebratory picture of Dave Chappelle uh, dressed as one of his amazing characters, Tyrone, dancing. <laughs> so in celebration, too, that's, that's a little inside joke to, 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 to Jackson and Vinny, who are, who are probably not listening to this. That's our little inside joke. Well, now they're going to miss out unless they hear this. Yeah. So, so 2012... I had to kind of step back and reprioritize what was going on in my life because yeah. learning how to be a good husband, making sure I'm taking care of business as far as my family, my estate, my household. And so I bowed out of worship leading because at that time I was a worship leader and just focused on taking care of business. I remember that actually. So 2012, some, some Valley history. I, I was, I had moved back. And Lance Cadell, uh, our senior pastor at the time, uh, just randomly asked if I would speak on, uh, during the Mother's Day weekend. That was my first message here ever in town. And I'd only attended the church twice, right? maybe. And he's just like, hey, do you want to speak? Which was weird to me because most pastors are very protective, as they should be, uh, of, of the pulpit because you don't want some maniac teaching crazy, crazy things. And he didn't know me or maybe he, I don't know. Anyway, There's he gave me an opportunity. There's a joke there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I got to speak, but actually that weekend I spoke, you led worship. Oh. You led worship. There's a, actually, there's a picture of you leading worship that weekend at the Electric Bean, and it has like the old blue and oh, gold yeah. curtains and stuff there. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was crazy because maybe it was prophetic, but Lance at the time said that he had watched you lead worship and then watched me preach, and then he said he got a little teary-eyed because he felt like the, the, valley, the future of Valley was secure. I, I remember him saying that. Yeah. I don't remember the instance, the like the leading worship, but I do remember him saying I that. I remember him saying that, and I said, man, that's pretty presumptuous. Because he had said that to me. I hadn't joined the church yet. I didn't know where I was going to land. I was like, that's, that's pretty presumptuous. <laughs> and then here we are now, well, seven years later. You know, so. when you're not wrong, I guess you can be presumptuous. I guess, yeah. So anyway, so 2012, or wait, so you, you backed away from leadership? I had to back yeah. away for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I think it was until... Maybe 2016. Uh, it was it was a span of, of quite some time that uh, my wife and I weren't attending church, uh, not because we didn't want to, but because we were still figuring out our own lives and finding where our church home would be. And we didn't know if it would be Valley. We didn't know if it would be somewhere else. I, I went and I sampled a couple different churches, but that's another story. We should um, do a podcast sometime though on church shopping and what you should look for when I completely agree. 
We should. I'm gonna. Yeah. Because I, looking back, had the wrong perspective. Yeah. I I never church shopped in my life until I came to Valley. Uh, most churches I ever went to, I just I was assigned because my parents picked it. Right. But that's that would be a good topic for you. Later. Write that down. I will. So. Um, what finally did get us back into routine church attendance, I should say, was my parents, because my dad became a pastor of a church out in Rainier. Shout out Columbia Bible Church. And they needed a worship leader. So he said, hey, can you come out for just, you know, two months, three, three weeks, two months, something like that. And just, you know, lead worship while we get on our feet. And uh, two years later, I was working graveyard shifts and leading worship. So I, I would get off work Sunday morning at 630 and then race to church to go and lead worship and then get four hours of sleep and then go back to work. It, it was classic, classic, classic ministry and just rugged. Hey, just give me two, two months tops. Right. And then two years went by. Yep. I, I told Lance I'd give him a year. And then here we are seven years later. That's right. Just classic. That's right. Classic. Well, hey, I'm still interim. I mean, who knows? Yeah, no, that's 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 permanent. But um, you're permanently interim. Permanently interim. That's right. Um, but what wound up happening? I'm saying um a lot. I apologize for uh, those uh, public speaking professionals who know things. Don't worry about it, man. We average maybe seven or eight listens every week on um, maybe on some of these episodes. Well, so. you know, one of those seven heard that last um. Well, stop saying um. I'm I'm working on All it. Right. I'm gonna think about it now. Uh, ah. See, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're quickly going down nonsense. Uh, let's, 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 yep. let's bring it back. Back to, to, back to work. So after those two years, you reached out actually because of reasons that I was not necessarily aware of and are, am not remembering right now. I said, hey, we could use a worship leader on this particular night. And it was like a night in September. And oh, I re- okay, yeah, I do, I do remember that. Now. Yeah. Okay, and you were just like, "Hey, are you available?" And uh, we had actually just gotten back in touch because a mutual friend had just lost his uncle, and we had met uh, to go and comfort him. Yes, yes, I remember that and, now. Yeah, and so you said, "Hey, can you come and lead worship?" And I'm like, "You know what? Sure, why not? I've, I've got the night off." And so you brought me on board, and I never I, let you go. I met Doug Wheeler. Shout out to Doug. And he got me connected into routine worship leading again um, at Valley, not just at Columbia Bible Church, because I had to step back from Columbia Bible because of the workload. And through events at work, God reduced that time requirement and opened the door to start leading worship at Valley. And lo and behold, here I am now. And it's been one crazy, consistent, wild ride. It has been. Uh, there are so many stories, Stephen, I could tell of, of about your faithfulness and your humility. Uh, things that I feel have <clears throat> solidified, um, I guess, my vote in confidence in you and just for you to be in ministry and to do the things that we have asked you to do here at the church. But uh, all that to say, Stephen, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed and pleased that you and I get to be officially partners in yeah. the ministry. Actually, uh, I, I know we're like 20 minutes into this already, but this might be a longer podcast nope, this week. Time's up. No, it's fine. Come back next week. I, I do want to share a story. I'm, I'm going to embarrass you. Okay, a go ahead. Bit I can take it. Just because I feel like people, um, I, people need to know that you, you're, you're, you're a swell guy. Yeah. Swell. Yeah. No, but I'm serious. Uh, back in 2012, um, you had met me for coffee at the Starbucks over by the Ross in Longview, Washington yep. for, you know, 
I say that for the people who don't know Longview that well. You know, we have Indian people in India that listen to this podcast. You know, that's, that's, that's yeah. possible. Yeah. You, you never know. I'm, I'm dead serious. We yeah. have uh, every now and then I look at our, our metrics and we have people listening from around the world. Well, I mean, you know. Anyway. Amit knows people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was the coolest thing because uh, you had applied for the position I got. That is true. And I didn't even want the position I got, but somehow it was kind of thrust upon me. And uh, we've talked about this a few times since, but that coffee day, you you were honest about a mild disappointment in not getting it, but your humility in backing me up in whatever needed to be done to serve the city, to serve the church and serve the Lord together was humbling. You were you know, you didn't pack up your bags and be like, you know, forget it. If the church doesn't want me, then I'm just, I'm just out of here. You, uh, you were sensitive to the, to the leading of the spirit. And, uh, that was incredibly encouraging to me. And I, uh, I love telling the story, man. Um, I, when, when people sometimes ask me like, yeah, it's Steven, he's a solid guy. I'm like, yeah, let me tell you about this one time he didn't get a job. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I just wanted to share that yeah. because I, Steven, I, I don't think, you're given enough credit for the things that you do do around here. I mean, there's a lot of people that serve in our church that do some great things and I, I could tell stories about everyone, but since you're here on today, I just want to share that moment with you. I, I, I didn't Thanks, want to embarrass man. you, but, uh, uh, well, I'm currently not embarrassed. It's, okay. it's when the listeners come and single me out later on and be like, Hey, I, I heard the podcast that all eight of them, then I'll, and, uh, you know, shuffle my feet and say, Oh, shucks. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it was kind of weird that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I can definitely see the Lord's hand in our journeys in the last seven years. Yeah, and it's a blessing to, to be able to come back together now and truly work together as brothers in Christ. Absolutely. So I, I brought you on here though to talk about worship. So let's, let's, uh, let's pivot. Let's pivot into worship. So typically when people think of worship, uh, they think of Sunday services or they think of weekend services. And it's you know, the three or four or five songs that we sing in in a service and i mean that's a pretty rudimentary uh explanation well and it's a logical explanation because that's what people typically observe yeah and that's not to say that's not it but there's there's a certain depth to worship and so i kind of wanted to pick your brain on when you're picking songs or when you're approaching worship what I guess, what is it that you're wanting the congregation to experience to know? How would you define worship? Let's start with that. How would mm, you define right. worship? Yeah, that's actually where I was going to go to, because in order to understand what worship is, you have to put words to it. I mean, um, we, we like to get this idea that worship is kind of like a time accompanied by music that we experience emotions of affection and some love towards God, right? But worship, when you really boil it all down and you take out the the, the pure essence of what it is, um, the best way I've heard it described, or the most concise way I've heard it described, I should say, is worship is seeing the glory of God and then giving glory back to God. But the word glory there is used in two different contexts. So the analogy that is on... Um, Oh, come on. What's what's the thing we use? Ministry Grid. Uh, the analogy that you'll learn through Ministry Grid if you take a, a worship leading course okay. is actually one of a sporting stadium. So like if you're watching a football game for those football fans out there, the 
there are times during a game where the stadium erupts in applause. Now, that doesn't happen for no reason. It happens because there was a killer play, there was a touchdown, there was something that was marvelous, something awesome happened, and those that saw it erupted in approval and applause and cheers. So they saw a glorious event and then gave glory back. So when we are worshiping, and through the entire worship service, not just through the music, we are witnessing the glory of God in all that he has done, and we are giving what little glory we have back to him in the form of our adoration, of our music, of our obedience. Hmm. So functionally, walk me through, let's say there's a Longview Larry, okay? What's up, Larry? Yeah, what's up, Longview Larry? And Longview Larry decides one day, man, I'm going to, I'm going to go to church. And he's a, let's say he's a believer. Uh, but maybe he's out of practice, right? It's been two or three years. He got really busy on the weekends or he just was chasing other things, but he, he got married like me. Maybe. Yeah. And he's like, man, I have a heart for the Lord though. I, I, I feel like I should be in church. I should be doing these things. And he decides to show up at a church service. Um, what, what's, sh- what's happening ideally in Longview Larry's heart and his mind as he enters into worship in the context of what you just said, but live through a worship service. And that is a very good question. And that's something that I think all of us as not just staff and department heads and and people who are quote unquote in charge should ponder. But I think that even members of the congregation, if you just come in and sit and listen to the the message, you need to ponder that very question is how does our worship service from the time somebody comes in the door to the time that they leave, how does that show that we want to glorify God, that we have seen something spectacular in the death and resurrection of Jesus that is worth getting excited about. And my hope would be that they would see that through not through the music. I mean, Mm -hmm. the primary thing that I'm responsible for is music. It's what we do. And there, there's a strategy to that, which we can get into if we have time, but that would be my, my chief desire. That is success to me is if Longview Larry can come in and through his interactions with our people, through our hospitality, through the love that we show to one another, like is in the scriptures, that he would see that we have seen the glory of God and we are seeking more of that. We are seeking to understand God and and know who he is and further understand what he's done for us and give that glory back in the form of our obedience to Christ, in the form of the music that we play, just every aspect. And then in the form of our lives outside of church, when he comes to hopefully to a small group or to an event, even if it's something like a barbecue, that he sees that we've seen something awesome. You know, the, the stadium erupts in cheers. You know, so even a person who doesn't know football can tell when something has happened because of right. the reaction yeah. of the people. Like if I'm watching a basketball game, I only know one thing. That ball is supposed to go in one of the hoops. But you'll, you'll see the people and the people will tell you when something amazing has happened. And that is what my job is. I, I see half of my job is creating worshipers, people who look for the glory of God and seek to give him praise. That's, that's interesting that you would define that as your, as your job. I mean, technically well, it is, that's your role. That's my role. That's your role here in the church. But that's actually, 
it's really the job of every discipler absolutely as well right it's just that we have intentionally have you facilitating these events but as we look at what you just laid out i think it's important for us to observe that there's actually two distinctions when it comes to worship yeah there is the worship service right which we think of of as as church right but then there's also the lifestyle or the posture mm-hmm. of worship. Now, earlier you defined uh, worship as glory, right? As giving God the glory, recognizing His glory, and, and and then giving it back to to Him. And as I think through, well, I, I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, when I, when I thought about your terms, what I instantly thought of in the context of someone like Longview Larry is that when we wake up on the weekends, we have every opportunity to choose. We call it in business, we call it opportunity cost, right? When we say yes to something, it costs us the things that we said no to. So if I choose, yeah, yeah. So if I choose to go spend $10 on on McDonald's, that didn't just cost me $10. It also cost me whatever, whatever else I could have bought with the, with that $10. It's an interesting mindset, but yeah, it's, it's, it's called opportunity cost, right? And it's, 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 it's what we think of it when we spend uh, time as well. Sure. When you spend time with your wife and your child, right. I'm um, investing that time in my wife and my child, as opposed to investing that time in Assassin's Creed. Right. And it's not just, it's not just what you, the time that you're spending. It's also you're in a way you're spending the opportunity you had you could with other people. So like mm. when you're saying yes to your wife, you're not only are you saying no to Assassin's Creed or a, a video games. It's actually, we, uh, we do the same thing. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, you're also saying no to your friends. You're saying no to your mother and father. You're saying no to a lot of different things. And so w- w- what I'm getting at is that on the weekends, when we do church services, quote unquote church, when people choose to come to church, they're not only saying yes to the Lord, but they're saying no to other things that could be happening. It would, it could be uh, quote unquote recharging and relaxing. It could be boat trips, it could be fishing trips. It could be taking care of the house. It could be doing chores. It could be doing a lot. Of, those are the opportunity costs. So in doing that, you are recognizing the, what you're saying is this thing I'm saying yes to is worth more to me than all the things I've said no to. So by that definition, I think that's, there's glory, right? You're recognizing something's worth. You're prioritizing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one way that we have the opportunity to demonstrate worth and value to our God, right? So that's even before we even sing one stanza. That's that's just setting foot in the door. Although I would warrant that there is a hazard to making that just habit. I mean, you want to understand that, yes, today I am choosing God. I'm not just going to church to fill my social obligation, Mm -hmm. as as so many people before us have, have fallen into that trap. Yeah. So... But yeah, yeah um, that just appearing, being present, being part of the congregation, choosing to observe that day as as time devoted to God mm-hmm. does, in a way, say yes. This is worth. This yeah. is worthy. And then, and then, to the, but the journey continues, right? Right. As we go into singing those songs of praise, if we own the words that we're singing, if we mean them, there's the there's a beautiful thing that that tends to happen. Exactly. Typically, my favorite songs that we sing, though, for me are usually the songs I sing in response. Uh, my favorite kind of sermons are the ones that wreck me. Right. I love listening to sermons that point out my sin, point out areas of growth for that, that need to happen in my life because I want to grow. I want to repent. I want to experience the goodness of God. And so when I feel like that, that conviction, it, it doesn't, I don't feel guilty. I feel like, man, the Lord's calling me deeper and closer to him and I can't help but sing. 
in response to that. That's that's something that I, I love that you guys do because typically you guys pick uh, pretty appropriate songs. Well, that's that, part that, of our responsibility as, yeah. as worship leaders is the selection of those songs, making sure that, I mean, if, if you only get to play five songs in a weekend, that's mm-hmm. that's a finite number. Mm-hmm. You only get those five songs, make them count. Yeah. You know? You guys essentially get to pick the words that will embody the things that I'm feeling, sensing, and 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 articulating in my heart, but right. actually put them to words. Right. Right. I mean, that's as a pastor, as a preacher at times, uh, those aha moments that I, I love doing with people are that people have been thinking or struggling with something, but they haven't yet been able to put words to it. And the moment I get to help them put words to it, they can identify mm-hmm. something. And they're like, it's like, aha, but you guys get to do that in a, from a, a, a I guess a lyrical or a music standpoint. Well, two different standpoints actually, okay. because there, there is the, the lyric, you actually just hit both of them. The lyrical standpoint is the words, but lyrics conjoined with music can tie thoughts and emotions together. Now you don't want to, it, it's kind of a, a very narrow line between them, but, uh, if you think about it, a, a movie score is musical and it invokes certain emotions. Yeah. So yeah. like if you think of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, there are emotions that are stirred without a single word. Yeah. But if you think of poetry, poetry is words without music. So there are m- points made and emotions stirred without music. We get to marry the two of those together. Now, and there's both incredible freedom in that, but also incredible responsibility that we're not just manipulating people. You know, we're not just using words and music to stir the emotions of people. We want to have a genuine experience with God. Right. And that's, that's the hope and prayer is that the worship leader is in prayer. It's, it's, it, they're just pouring over the things exactly. that, that we're doing. It's not just haphazardly pick. I, I used to, I think I've told you this, not many people know in our, our church, but I used to lead worship. Right. And I used to lead worship for our youth ministry. I'm not a worship leader. I'm not. I don't, I, I like the songs that I do. I like it. it, it a personal time of worship and, and playing my guitar is for me, but doing it for a service is something else. And when, when I used to pick music, I just picked it because I'm like, oh, well, what's easy? What do right. I know right now? What can right. I just bust out? And uh, I was convicted about that, but I also was like, but I'm not called to this. So I, I've never wanted to get back into that world. Right. But there is a sense of responsibility for our worship leaders to be in communion with God mm-hmm. to pick those words. And one of the things we've been working on recently, which I'll only touch on it because I know we're getting close on time, um, is called rehearsing the gospel. And so that's actually picking songs and um, what dynamic ranges that highlight the in, in a passive underscore way, which again, we can go further into that some other time, but highlight and illustrate the gospel, um, the, like the entire biblical narrative from creation and the marvelous majesty of God <clears throat> through our own sin and our fall through the death and resurrection of Christ and his glorification in to come. Like there's it's complex, but there is a lot of responsibility in that. And it's something yeah. that we've been working on. And I think our worship leaders are fantastic. They are just rising are. to that challenge. And that's why I love like worship. It's more than just skill and ability. I, oh, absolutely. I, I believe in excellence that we should always be putting our, our, our best, our, our best foot forward. But we, we grow in that and, you know, and people from different abilities come together and they, they do great things. But that time with the Lord to, to help lead the rest of us into his presence, into his glory, right. to experience that is a, is a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, 
Stephen, you you talked about you know even music without lyrics can be powerful, and yeah, I, I, I recently I, I was watching a movie with a pretty powerful soundtrack that like I almost came to tears uh, listening to, and it culminated. Like it, it, I could feel the music moving me, and then there was a line said in the movie that honestly it just broke me, and I could feel like a single tear welling up inside of me. And it's so music in in that mood is very important. So even more it important is. when we are in communion with the Spirit. And for me, uh, that what broke me was just when Captain America said, "Avengers assemble." I knew it. <laughs> I'm actually dead serious though. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I was just like, what "Is, this, is this end game?" It Come is. On. It is. I won't. I won't spoil it for you. I want to you though. I'm. I'm mad that you haven't seen it. There are no excuses. But to illustrate I don't your need point, an excuse. I just yeah. haven't done it. Yeah. Well, they're they're about to re-release it in, in theaters. Really? Yeah. They're so about it's going to gonna take even longer. Yeah. They're going to re-release it with extra footage and, but not movie footage, but like and post credits footage. Because I think they're like half a billion away from beating Avatar for greatest movie of all time or something. Oh, so they're greedy. So they're, yeah, they're about to, mm. I, I think it's kind of cheating. Yeah, it is. But Avatar had spectacle. They uh, they had the 3D thing. This is a different podcast. That's if you want to know more podcast. about this, listen to my old podcast no one asked you. <laughs> and we'll, where we talk about movies, video games, and other things like that. But right now, let's get back let's to Let's get the back board. to worship. Yeah. Um, Music is, is powerful. And right now we've only, we've only spoken about the glory of God in the context of the weekend service, uh, which makes me feel like I, I think in the future, if you have time, Steve, I actually would like to take the time to maybe dive deeper because we're honestly, we've only scratched the surface. Oh yeah. I want to dive deeper into the glory of God, but I also, uh, in the future, I would like to talk about maybe the posture of a, of a lifestyle of worship at some point. But we are coming up on about 40 minutes here. And so I guess, uh, let me ask you this. So the worship leader prepares for worship on, on, week, on the weekend. They, they're prayered up. They are in com- communion with God throughout the week. What would you say is a healthy thing to do for the congregant to do to ready themselves? Right? I mean, the Bible says all the time to consecrate yourself, that you are about to step into a a holy place, right? We see that all throughout scripture. Right. What would you suggest, you know, as, as our, as our worship VCF worship director, maybe some off the top of your head, some pretty cool, maybe practices to uh, ready your heart to enter into the presence of God during a church service. Well, it's actually, you, you kind of hit it right on the head just a second ago when you said that the worship leader stays prayed up They're They've been communing with God throughout the week. That's, that's obviously a portion of it. Um, and you know, interestingly, the, the thing that just came to mind was the, you know, I've got the U version app and it gives me those daily Bible verses. Well, today's Bible verse, I mean, I just open it up again, just happens to be Joshua one eight. It talks about the book of the law should now shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So that you be, may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. I'm just like, dude, be in the word. When you come to Sunday morning if you haven't already asked God, what do you have for me today, God? Show me more of yourself. If you're not in communion with God, like your, your life can be so much more, you know? And when we are coming together as a congregation, it's not for the purpose of what I can get out of it. You know, if, if Stephen is Longview Larry, Longview Larry, wherever you are, church isn't for what you can get out of it church is for what we are giving to God. And that is our obedience, our adoration, our worship, 
and together we are all sharpening each other, we do get a lot out of it, but it's not about what we get out of it. So be prayed of, be in the word and commune with God throughout the week. And so as you do those things, your heart will be made ready for worship because you will be seeing the glory of God and you'll be ready to reflect that back to him. All right. Stephen, that's, that's a great word. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, I think we're going to end it here, but in the future, if you have any questions about worship or if you have any questions about Valley, uh, please feel free to write in. Uh, you can write and connect with us at podcast at vcflongview.org. Um, I got to go. Someone's knocking on the door right now, but uh, it's, it's really awkward. But you know what? We don't know how to end these podcasts in a good way anyway. So uh, that's it. Thanks, Stephen. You got it, Andrew.